Miracy. I think typically you need to know everything about my industry when you're coaching me is a mask for not wanting to do the deep work that is needed that the coach is there to do with the person in front of them. Hello, and welcome to Just Between Coaches, the podcast that tackles difficult coaching conversations head on. My name is Melinda Cohen, and I run a business called The Coaches Console. The Coaches Console has supported more than 50,000 entrepreneurs in creating their own profitable coaching businesses. In this episode, I'm going to have a conversation with a woman who has worked globally with teams and individual leaders. She's also an ACES coach at Miracy and joined after running her own consulting company for over two decades. And she even speaks Swedish. I've invited Kristen Vessa to the show. Kristen and I are going to discuss if you need expertise in your client's business. I received a listener's email that will be the backdrop for today's conversation. And as I always say, unless you tell me otherwise, any email that I read on the show will be anonymous. Here's what Anonymous wrote. Hey, Melinda, I'm in a situation I'd like to have your opinion on. I had a prospect who was referred to me. I'm a business coach and the client was transferring to another company, but to a higher position than she had before. In the intake session, she questioned if I could work with her because I don't know anything about her industry. I told her that I didn't think it was a necessity since we're gonna be working with pure coaching tools to develop a leadership style that would be suitable for the new position. But she persisted and moved on. Still, her statement got me thinking, is it important that I know anything about my client's business or area of work? Dear Anonymous, thank you for sending in your question. Whether a coach needs foundational knowledge of a client's industry is an ongoing discussion among coaches and consultants. I am a firm believer that you need to be very clear about what type of coach you are and what type of service you bring to your clients. Your prospect thinks a coach has to have knowledge about her industry, or she might even think she's getting a consultant. The problem may be that the expectations aren't right. My guest today, Kristen Vessa, has a deep understanding of structures, frameworks, processes, and procedures combined with a breadth of knowledge into human potential. She's an international conscious business coach and consultant working with high-performing professionals and their teams. She guides businesses, expansions, focusing on success mapping and accountability tracking, helping companies increase return on investment by taking step-by-step actions to achieve their goals. Welcome, Kristen. Hi, Melinda. It's great to be here. I'm so excited that you're here. And Kristen, I know that you've worked internationally for years. Like I said earlier, you even speak Swedish. Are you from Sweden or where did you grow up? Yeah, no, I'm actually from the Finger Lakes area of New York State in the U.S. And I went to university in Sweden and worked for Volvo. So I learned Swedish while in Sweden. Okay, I have a nosy question. How did you go from New York to go to university in Sweden? You know, in high school, I was one of those kids that thought it would be really cool to do a foreign exchange. And I thought, oh, but language, my language always helped me. So in my university, I was able to take a semester or two of Swedish. And in the Department of Undergraduate Education, where I was doing my work study program, there was a opportunity to go to Sweden for an international study program. And that's what took me there initially. Oh, so cool. 
Now, you know, my clients know that I have a directive style coaching, meaning I know my clients want to know how to be business owners and I can provide the pieces of information they need to know. Now, Kristen, you call yourself a conscious business consultant and coach. Do you see yourself primarily as a consultant or a coach? You know, it depends on which hat I'm wearing, which role the client is hiring me for. So you use those like they're both part of your toolkit and whoever you're talking to, one might be more appropriate or another or a combination. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah. So a consulting engagement is different from a coaching arrangement is how I would say it. Yeah, I would agree with that. And so you can do one or the other or both, and it depends on who you're talking to. Absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about today's topic. Now, I've read the listener's email about the client who questions the business coach's ability to work with her without any knowledge of her industry. What's your opinion or view? Do you think you need to know the ins and outs of everything as a coach, Kristen? No, certainly not as a coach. I believe as a coach, you're focused on knowing that the person in front of you is whole and resourceful. And as a coach, you're bringing those resources out from the person. And then as a consultant? As a consultant, I think it is wise to have the industry background and you're, as a consultant, offering expert advice in the situation. So you're bringing external advice in, whereas as a coach, you're pulling internal resources out. Okay. I love that distinction. I just want to repeat that. As a coach, you're pulling internal resources from that person out. But as a consultant, how did you say that again? Yeah. You're bringing your expertise, your external expertise into the organization or into the situation. I love that distinction. Now, is there ever a time when it is, you kind of alluded to it, but I'd like you to expand on it, when it's important to have that foundational knowledge of a client's industry? I do believe that it depends on what type of coaching, you know, there's a big difference between life coaching and business coaching, for example. Mm -hmm. And I believe that there's a level of, I think you said it in the introduction, expectation. And that expectation, I think, leads to a level of respect. I think as a coach, if you're starting to feel the slippery slope that your client is not feeling respectful, in other words, they're questioning whether you can help them. I do think that's something to lean into and decide whether the arrangement is appropriate for the two of you. Yeah. And so early when I was talking about that, for me, I make sure up front before they've ever even hired me, before we've ever even started any sessions, that the expectation is set on how I show up. Like you talked about, sometimes you wear the consultant hat, sometimes you wear the coach hat. I always bring kind of that combination hat that at any given point with my clients, I might go back and forth. And in one conversation, there might be a little bit of directive coaching, consulting, advice giving. And then in that same conversation, coaching around what we just discovered and we're talking about. Do you experience that as well? Or is it more of a, I'm working with this client, so this is a consultant, but I'm working with that client and that's a coaching relationship? I would agree with you, Melinda, that most often it's a combination. And I think that to be good at both roles, you know that nuance. And again, it's the expectation, right? Is the person expecting to be given a list of directives or are they coming for coaching? And then the question leads, are they coachable? Because sometimes what happens is there's an uncomfortability that can be projected as 
you're not the right coach for me, or you don't know enough about my industry when it's actually opening to a greater growth for the individual you're coaching. Yeah. And I just want to capture that for our listeners, because one of the greatest coaching skills I love is uh, the way I describe it is hearing what's not being said, mm -hmm. right? Hearing what's underneath the conversation. And so when people uh, might say something like, well, you're not the right coach for me because I need a consultant. I love the way you just um, identified that. It's like, well, that might be true. And that might be a cover for what's going on because they're not coachable. It's uncomfortable. They don't really want to go there. And there could be bigger opportunities there. How do you explain the difference between your coaching and consulting hats to your clients or even prospects? Yeah. So I think we touched on it before about the external and internal. I think in all of it, for me, it's asking the questions to find out what the expectation is for my prospect, my potential client, or the client that's in front of me. I want to be clear that if I'm here as a coach, I'm going to be guiding through questioning to elicit what's really going on for the person and finding, again, that resource from the inside that the client can't see, seeing the forest through the trees in that way but from the internal client's perspective. And as a consultant, it's also the forest through the trees, but it's the expertise of, wow, you know, we could really streamline this operation. For example, I do a lot of technology uh, implementation and streamlining. And oftentimes it's, why are we using six different platforms and we have so much <laughs> redundancy? So it's really getting clear on what is the thing we're solving for and then which of the hats am I using to solve that particular um, issue or problem or reach the goal for the client. And when you're talking with your clients or even prospects before they become clients, are you conveying these as options and then letting them share with you what they're wanting or think they need? Or are you just saying, this is how I work. And then you show up based on the client's needs. I think that typically someone will eat, reach out either for a consulting project or to be coached. And it's in the explaining or in the conversation of how I would work with them. It depends, again, on what is the problem we're solving for, or what is the, the pain point that the person or the organization is having, and then understanding how I would work together with them to both bring in expertise and my coaching skills to draw out the best possible solution for the environment for all the people involved. So let's go back to what Anonymous wrote in in that situation. And as a business coach, like explain to Anonymous, how would they articulate this to their prospective clients? I believe that we have to listen to our gut reaction to our intuition. And if you're really sitting in front of someone and you feel like this is a zinger, a disapproving, a disrespectful way that this is coming across, you might want to just say, you know, I think you're right and call it a day. Honestly, I think as a coach and a consultant, that is a choice that you do have as your first go-to. And then if you say, no, I really do want to work with this person and I recognize that they're feeling a little uncomfortable it's really then asking where, getting to the root of what's really the uncomfortability. I think typically you need to know everything about my industry when you're coaching me is a mask for not wanting to do the deep work that is needed, that the coach is there to do with the person in front of them. Yeah. Sometimes I would even, like I'd pull in some coaching questions, right? With anonymous's email in that situation, 
this new client clearly was like, no, I don't want to coach. I need like, you need to know my industry or else you can't help me. Right. It's kind of paraphrasing what they said. And I would bring in those coaching questions to say things like, well, you know, what I'm noticing is you're saying you need a certain level of expertise and the role that coaching can play along with that. And then I would explain the power of coaching so that the person could see the possibility. And then I would check in with them to see, you know, is that something that you're open to? Exactly. Being open to coaching is one of the, one of the keys to the success, right? <laughs> yeah. But let me ask you this. When you think about the different types of issues or questions that are common in the coaching and consulting space, would you say that, uh, do you see this a lot or is this a non-issue and it only happens every now and then, or is it pretty common? I think that there is often a feeling tone from a client that they want to work with someone who understands their industry, whether they're being coached or consulted. I think that is a pretty common expectation, right? I, I want to be coached by someone who understands my industry. I think that's a common expectation. Yeah. I think for you and I both being in the business sector of, and that realm of coaching, I would imagine we do see a lot of that. I could see with life coaching and different niches that that may not be as common, but in some niches, I think people do. I agree. I think people expect that certain knowledge, although the power of coaching is about transformation, doesn't matter what industry you're in. It's just about transformation and moving through that space. But I could see where it does fit in with multiple niches. Have you seen that? Do you work with coaches and other niches like life coaches where they also have to have that foundational experience, um, you know, matching personal experience? Yeah, I think if you stay with the true meaning and value of coaching, you don't need that's all external stuff again. I think the true coaching skills and the gift of working with a coach is being coachable. In other words, allowing the coach to ask the questions to find what's within you, the client, what is going on? Where is there an opportunity to move beyond the current condition, the current level of uncomfortability? I think a good coach works to find that unique way to move forward for that person. And when I say unique, I don't mean like big stroke unique. I mean, just a little nuance that shift. A coach is looking for shifting the person. So for me, coaching is, I know I've had a great session when the person feels the shift. They say, oh, I'm leaving this session with a new level of either energy or understanding or forward motion than when I started my coaching session with you. And it's independent of any industry information or intelligence, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, I want to shift gears kind of slightly. Mm -hmm. You know, you talk about how you speak Swedish and you have four university degrees. And so I just want to touch a little bit on your experience of working internationally and your diverse background. Like you've been consulting outside the coaching industry for years. To what level do you need to understand the client's culture to serve him or her better and get results? Mm, I do think culture is important. One place I'm really finding it is as a business coach or business consultant, I think you do need to understand how business is done in the region and understand how culturally people get along, just the everyday things. What are those nuances? Because 
they really do matter in moving forward. I do think that being open to another person's culture, um, ways of being in the world. And I personally think that um, one of the ideas I've had for years since my first time of going to Sweden and coming back was, wow, I wish we would have an exchange program within the United States because from coast to coast, place to place, I've lived on both coasts, back and forth. And there's a learning that one does by moving out of that comfort zone and into a whole brand new space. So I think there's something about self-awareness um, that's coming into this conversation for me too, that's important for both the coach and the client. Now, earlier you talked about, you know, sometimes it isn't a matter of how great a coach is or how great the consultant is. Sometimes your client just won't listen to your guidance or suggestions, right? And I'm thinking about two clients that I had uh, who turned out to be uncoachable. You were talking about that uncoachable situation earlier, right? And sometimes it's just like, you know what? That's not going to work. And I wanted to know, have you experienced a really tough situation with a client who's been uncoachable? And how did you deal with that? Yeah. You know, one of the basic premises in industrial engineering was the whole Pareto effect, 80-20 rule, you know, from 20% of the effort, 80% of the benefit comes. And I think of it this way is that in any given situation, there's going to be some of it that doesn't go well. And so identifying those clients or those situations that aren't going well is just part of the evolution. And it's accepting myself that that's what's going on, that it's not all going to be great. And so I think once I'm clear that that's the situation, that, oh, this is not going the way I want it to go or the client wants it to go, the best thing is to end that coaching client relationship and move on. I think it's just an energy drain to stay in it. Yeah, yeah. So let's go back to anonymous. Kristen, do you have any other helpful tips? So Anonymous is the coach and the coaching client is saying you need to know my industry. So I think, again, it's the tip is to really get clear on what is this relationship about? What is the client hiring the coach for? And really having that clear understanding of as your coach, this is what I understand my responsibility is to you. And Again, I don't think as a coach, it's about understanding the industry. Sometimes, in fact, it's best to have mm -hmm. no idea what the industry is about because then you're really dealing with the person in front of you and you're really seeking to understand their perspective and where they are having challenges that can help them move forward. I love that right there, that when you're sharing the expectations, you know, the benefit of consulting and the benefit of coaching, you know, wearing that coaching hat, maybe not being a, a complete expert in a field, I bring a fresh perspective. I'm going to be curious and help you be curious. And we're going to think outside the box. And so there's a benefit to that. And it's important for us to convey that when we're sharing those expectations. Yes. And I, I do think that that is also part of being a consultant, right? You're not fully, both coaching and consulting, just to bring that in too, is that yes, there's an expertise. What is your expertise though? It may not be something that someone will look at as an industry expertise, but it might be, for example, a lot of work I did was supply chain. And so the logistics and the supply chain, that 
was a different way of looking at the industry to think out of the box, like you said. So I think that's where there's such a similarity in coaching and consulting. And that's why I love doing what I do, because it's thinking out of the box and solving things so that it's uh, beneficial to everyone concerned. Like that's my goal as a coach and a consultant. So let's summarize a few things that we talked about today. I love how Kristen talked about the distinction between coach and consultant. Uh, The coach, you know, they're listening what's going on within the person. They're pulling internal resources out of that person where the consultant is bringing the expert advice, the external experience into a situation. And we talked about the importance of setting the expectations with your potential clients before they ever even hire you which leads to respect and it's that respect so that the clients can feel confident in the different ways that you do support them. And that the opportunity, and I love when Kristen said this, that sometimes like in the case of this situation, and I don't know if this was happening or not, but if there is somebody who's saying, oh, I need a consultant, I need you to be an expertise in my field. I don't want just a coach. What might be happening in there, we've got to listen to what's going on under the conversation. And it might be a form of resistance showing up And there could be a great coaching opportunity there if we're willing to explore it. And that we we don't necessarily have to have an expertise in the person's industry or within a certain thing, but to have an understanding, a compassion, to have some knowledge in the person's background within their industry and their culture, and then bring the power of coaching and or consulting to support them in the way that serves them best. So when you have training as a coach, even if you don't have expertise in a particular area, you can lean into the power of coaching and the benefits of coaching, no matter what knowledge of the industry you have or don't have. That's where your confidence comes from. You don't have to compensate or overcompensate by being an expert. Yeah, that's very well said. And at the end of the day, to just remind Anonymous that don't take it personally. Right. Don't take it personally, because when we take it personally, we start to doubt ourselves, start to doubt the skills of coaching. And now we're left doubt wondering, gosh, should I take this client on? But to stay confident in the power of coaching, to stay confident in the role that it can play and how those two coaching consultant can work together will help you not necessarily defend, but present the case so that the potential client can understand how and everything that you bring to the table beyond coaching or beyond consulting. Any other parting words for Anonymous, Kristen? Mm, Just to remember that it's about the relationship. This work is more about the people and the relationships you're forming and building than anything else. So keeping your boundaries is really important. And if you're in that coaching role and you feel like your boundaries are, you know, you're letting it slip, that's on you to bring it back. So that's where bringing that confidence that you spoke about, Melinda, being a confident coach, as you so aptly are, I really think that that's a true energetic to hold as a coach and a consultant. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Just Between Coaches. And also a big thank you to Kristen Vesa for this great conversation. You can find out more about her at kristenvesa.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N. Vesa, V-E-S-A dot com. Kristen, thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you, Melinda. It was really fun. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. Just Between Coaches is part of the Miracy FM network, which also includes Course Lab and Making It. 
This episode was produced by Cynthia Lamb. Danny Eney is our executive producer. I wrote this episode with Mishi Lance, and she assembled the episode. If you don't want to miss future episodes, please subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. And if you have a question for Just Between Coaches, put the show title in the subject line and send it to podcasts at miraseat.com. That's podcasts, plural, at miraseat.com. And so the tailor, having gathered together the beautiful scraps, began to sew. He stitched and he sewed and he sewed and he stitched. And by the morning time, he had made himself a beautiful coat. Now, when he wore his coat into the market, everyone admired it so much that the tailor decided to wear the new coat everywhere. And that's what he did. He wore it and wore it and wore it until it was all worn out. Or was it? In each episode of Once Upon a Business, Lisa shares a fairy folk or traditional tale and then extracts rich business lessons that are applicable for entrepreneurs, coaches, and course creators. Stories always take us on a journey from one place to the next. Sometimes this journey is literal, sometimes it's metaphorical, but always we find ourselves transformed. This story, The Tailor's Coat, originating from Europe, takes us through a literal transformation of the pieces of cloth and yet somehow teaches a powerful lesson. It does speak to a common entrepreneurial journey. Many of us start out working for someone else and give them everything we've got. Perhaps the tailor finally deciding to make something for himself is similar to the entrepreneurial desire to begin to create a business for ourselves. We take the scraps, the skills that we've developed, the experience that we've gained, and we launch our own business. I think it's an incredibly important skill for an entrepreneur, for anybody running a business, to be able to know that creating something out of nothing is always possible. And it's often the way forward because it's out of the scraps of what's been done before. It's out of almost the missing pieces that are not quite there that we can actually bring our creativity and bring our determination and bring our vision to create something really wonderful, really brand new and really beautiful. And then we can walk around the town with it. You know, we can be proud. We can step out and we can wear it until it's almost worn out, but not quite. To hear more of Lisa's stories and learn the deep lessons they carry, make sure you subscribe to Once Upon a Business wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you every other week with a brand new episode.